And so number one, we have to make sure that we're operating as a community, that we're really in sync and lockstep with regard to how we're approaching our patient satisfaction, or just, you know, our daily duties. So that would be number one. Well, folks, thank you so much again for tuning in to Compass One Connections. We are glad you are here, and we've got a great podcast in store for you today. We're bringing back one of our original guests. In fact, he was the second guest we ever had on Compass One Connections, Mr. Dusty Derringer. He's the Vice President of Patient Experience for Compass One Healthcare. And Dusty, we are so glad you agreed to come back. We figured we might not get you back after the last, uh, last hot seat. Well, thanks, Tommy. I, like I said, I have a face for radio, so I probably did a little bit better job uh, the first time than I will this time, but uh, we'll see how it goes. You'll do great. You did great last time. We're glad to have you back. Dusty, let's talk first and foremost, uh, just this past year. I mean, wow, this is unprecedented. Everybody that's that's had to deal with the COVID pandemic, but you guys especially are with so many patients in the hospitals. Just talk to me on a big broad stroke and we'll dig down more into it. But how has that affected the patient experience overall? Yeah, I know. I think that's a, I mean, it's a certainly a timely question. You know, we uh, patients just in general have had a, a difficult time. You know, I mean, from the fact that you've got loved ones who aren't able to see their, their patients, uh, their, their family members who are in hospital. You've got, uh, uh, you know, unfortunately, a lot of a lot of patients were in really bad shape. Uh, and didn't have the opportunity to see their loved ones in the last, you know, moments uh, or the last few days of their lives. Uh, it's been draining, and in certainly not only on the uh, staff, you know, here at Compass One Healthcare, but on the nursing staff as well. Um, you know, the uh, the the level of burnout, um, uh, the level of uh, sacrifice, frankly, that the healthcare community has 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 given uh, over the last. 12, 14 months is, uh, has been enormous. And, uh, it's, you know, we've seen, we certainly seen that on the health, on the, uh, uh, support services side. Um, and, uh, uh, we are, I think we're continuing to see that on the, uh, on the nursing side. There's a, I read a, an article, uh, the other day, Tommy, about from the Washington post, it said that, uh, you know, something like, uh, 30% of people who work in healthcare are thinking about exiting the industry. Wow. Um, and, uh, that, that is, you know, certainly, I think sped up because of what's going on or what has gone on with the pandemic. So it's a, it's a stressful time. Stressful no time. doubt about it. No doubt about it. Um, let's break it down a little more now. Let's talk about the perception of cleanliness in the hospitals. I mean, everybody, obviously, if you're just the average person on the street and you think, oh, I got to go to the hospital, the first thing you think about right now is, is it safe from a cleanliness standpoint? Talk to me about the challenges you guys have faced with that. Yeah, that's. I mean, um, perception of cleanliness is uh, is is a big concern right now in hospitals, and for you know for good reason. Uh, we've always been focused. I actually just had the opportunity to to spend some time with Rich Fesco. You know, we've always been focused um, on uh, the reduction of HAIs and making sure that the healing environment was clean and sanitized. And and it's it's what we've done since the you know since the company began. Uh, but the perception uh, it has shifted a little bit. So. Um, you know, we've done a lot of research with Prescani over the last few years, and, and some of it showed us what I would like to, you know, I call kind of the hierarchy of needs with regard to room cleanliness. It, you know, the clean, it, the environment has to be 100% clean. Uh, there's got to be a confidence of clean from our patients and the, and the caregivers that, that we work with. And then, you know, courtesy really is kind of the, is the top, is the top piece really that allows 
patients to to remember their their housekeeping uh, uh, the house the the cleanliness of the environment and their housekeeper when they get a survey in the mail. But what we've seen through some research we've done just recently with Prescani is that perception started to change a little bit. Less less about what happens inside the patient room, more about what happens really um, in the public areas. And then also there's this perception of, you know, the, the room is as clean as I feel uh, as opposed to I perceive it to be. And so that's a can be an issue for, for Crothel, for Compass One, because we, we clean rooms, we don't clean people. Um, and so, we, you know, we, we were doing some work uh, with some personal hygiene kits and some things to help try to, to get in front of the perception. But uh, I mean, it certainly is changing. And, uh, you know, thankfully, we're able to stay in front of that a little bit. Let's flip over a little bit to the food and nutrition side of the of the of the coin here. And, you know, so much of the interaction that the patients get with the this food uh, that comes into their room and the smiles and taking the orders and all that stuff. And that's changed drastically. Talk to me a little bit about that and what you're seeing on the back end of that as far as results when it comes to patient satisfaction. You know, we we um, have had a limited amount of access in many hospitals um, because of the COVID pandemic and, and, you know, for good reason, uh, you know, hospital administrators have made decisions to limit how many people are in and out of rooms, especially uh, floors, uh, COVID floors. And, uh, what's happened is in, in, in many cases is we've gone back to the nurses delivering, uh, food to, uh, to patients in, on those units. And, um, there's a number of reasons, but, you know, we have seen a decline, uh, in scores in food nutrition services nationally um, since the COVID outbreak began. And, uh, you know, some of that can be contributed to the fact that, you know, if we, we just like I said, with regard to the hierarchy of needs in uh, room cleanliness, we know that there's a hierarchy of needs, uh, timeliness, temperature, accuracy, courtesy with regard to food nutrition as, as well in hospitals. And, and if we're not able to deliver those trays in a timely manner, then they're gonna be cold. You know, we're gonna have issues with temperature and that's gonna impact overall food uh, quality and satisfaction. And we've seen that. And that's, that's a result of, uh, you know, our teams uh, not really having the access we did to be able to go in uh, as the pro, have the, as with Chef Neff says, the voila moment, be able to describe, you know, what's on the, what's what we're having for that meal and, and, and to be able to get feedback. So it's been a struggle. It's starting to slowly come back. Uh, but um, yeah, it, the, the access um, to those patients, have, it's been a, it's been a roadblock for us. Very interesting. Um, so you've touched on the, uh, the personal hygiene kits for the, for the, on the EVS side. How else are you guys adapting to just kind of stay in front of this as much as you can right now? Yeah. So, I mean, I'll start with, uh, since we left off with food, I'll start with, I'll start with food. I mean, I, you know, one of the things that we have done is we've worked with Prescani to develop um, some talking points, some education for nurses and for administrators uh, with, you know, regarding how important it is for our professionals to be able to deliver the food to patients, as opposed to, you know, putting that on the, the shoulder of, of the nursing staff. I mean, I just, you know, spoke about 30% or something of, nurses are thinking about exiting or, or healthcare workers are thinking about exiting the industry. You've got a shortage of uh, patient care uh, assistance or nurse techs as well. Uh, and so the nurses are doing more and more and they're stressed out and they have gone through this pandemic. And so, um, you know, we're helping to try to educate them about the importance of 
uh, timely delivery of the food. And, and you know, I'll, I'll say the power of food because we know that there's a power in food, right? Um, so that's really what we've done on the food side. And on the EVS side, um, you know, I mentioned the hygiene kits. We have developed a cleanliness uh, campaign uh, really that is uh, trying to get in front of this new perception of cleanliness in these public areas. So, you know, we worked on marketing in public areas with QR codes. So uh, patients can scan those QR codes and see how that area has been clean. We're doing that in the patient room as well with tent cards and these little personal hygiene kits that we've been able to, to, to pilot. We're actually, a pilot is ongoing and we're already seeing some pretty good results after a few weeks. Uh, so, you know, that is, uh, that's kind of the focus that we've had and how we've been able to, to stay in front of it. The other thing is with rounding, you know, we've been able to, um, it, because we didn't have access, we have been able to start calling into patient rooms. It's not something we've ever done before. Um, and we had a few of our patient experience managers try that. It worked really well. We put out a white paper early uh, in the pandemic. Uh, and that became a focus of ours as an organization. And we know since some of those efforts were in place, we took a hit just like, you know, the, the country did both in environmental services and in uh, food nutrition services scores. But we didn't take the kind of hit other organizations did because we were able to do some of this rounding, if you will, by calling into the patient room, which is, you know, something I think as we move away uh, from the pandemic, it will continue to be a best practice in those rooms where we have limited access. Is there a silver lining with all this? I mean, the COVID pandemic obviously has been horrible, but have you guys seen anything where you say to yourselves, you know what, this actually works better doing it this way that we can do it in the future going forward? Or is it more like, hey, once as soon as this pandemic's over, we're going right back to the way we were? How do you yeah. see that? Well, I mean, I think we've uh, learned a couple of things. I mean, number one, um, it has, uh, well, three things. So the, number one, it's clarified, uh, I think for all of us, um, that the relationship that we have with our nursing colleagues is, is paramount, right? And, and so number one, we have to make sure that we're operating as a community, uh, that we're really in sync and lockstep with regard to how we're approaching our patient satisfaction or just, you know, our daily duties. So that would be number one, uh, just that cohesive environment that we create. Number two, uh, I think is the rounding I just talked about. I mean, in, in some cases we go round in person and that, that patient is asleep or they're away for a test. And, you know, physically sometimes it's difficult to get back up there. And it gives us an opportunity now to, to know that if we call in, frankly, some of the patient satisfaction data is even better than if we visited in person. And so uh, I think that will be a, a takeaway that we have, you know, as well. And then just generally, um, I'm really proud of, of uh, our patient experience managers across the country. I mean, I probably in my career have never been more proud uh, of a group of people I've worked with in my, you know, in my career, maybe even in my life. Uh, they they uh, pivoted very quickly to be able to say, hey, look, we're going to put our patient experience hats down, if you will. We're going to we're going to pick up our operations hat. And so right. they picked up, you know, mops. They worked on tray lines. They it was all hands on deck and, and we were able to, I think, toggle and pivot into those roles very quickly. And I think, frankly, they learned a lot mm -hmm. um, in working with the operators shoulder to shoulder. And, and I, you know, so from a relationship standpoint, I think it's going to be better moving forward. But also from a, just an acknowledgement of what, the, what our operators go through every day, that's been a big a critical component for us, I think. And, and so 
Um, I don't ever want this to happen again. Uh, but if I were to say, you know, I could take three or four things away, those certainly are the things that stand out to me. Yeah, good. Great stuff to hear. Um, what's the next big thing in patient experience? We, I know you've talked about in the past some experience mapping. Let's talk a little more about that. Yeah, so, so um, about uh, two years ago, two and a half years ago now, we, we started flirting with this idea really of mapping the patient journey, uh, kind of a soup to nuts approach, if you will, uh, from beginning to end, from the time the patient is admitted to the hospital, the time the patient leaves. We did it initially to try to understand the touch points that our support services personnel have with those patients. Um, we've, we've mapped the, a day in the life of a nurse, and we work with the uh, American Nurses Association um, in doing that to try to understand the touch points that our support services uh, personnel have with nursing as well. But what we've been able to do is come away with a very comprehensive look at what a patient sees and encounters from an opportunity standpoint, uh, and also from a success standpoint in hospitals when they, you know, when they go into the hospital. We've been able to do that in a number of organizations across the country. And, and frankly, it's, 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 uh, it's outside really of food nutrition and environmental services and patient transportation. It provides the hospital a glimpse of what a patient really goes through. Okay. Um, and uh, it's, I, it has been, uh, it's, I think it's made a big difference in the organizations in which we've done it. Uh, and I think that is something that, uh, you know, we're going to continue to focus on, certainly with our clients uh, and excited about what that brings. Dusty, I have to tell you, and I, I know you hear this from all your people and and um, and you said about your patient experience managers out in the field. But what you guys, what everybody's had to go through this past year and a half in healthcare, but especially you guys with taking care of the patients in the ways that you do and making sure that no matter what, they still have a positive, good experience when they're in our hospitals. You should, your, your, you and your team have done just a fantastic job all the way across the board. You should be very proud of yourself and the team. So um, thank you for all the work you guys have done with that. I, I uh, you know, I, like I said, I wake up every day thankful for the people that I work with. And um, I wish I could tell five or six stories uh, because there's just so much uh, yeah. that, that the team has done. And, and it certainly it's not just patient experience. Our operators have been on the front lines. And, and, uh, I, I, you know, it, it, uh, it warms my heart. I appreciate that. It warms my heart to be able to, to work with a, a group of, I mean, these people are heroes, you know, and, and, and yeah, so no doubt about it. Well, I'll tell you what, if you got five or six stories, that means you have to come back for your third installment of compass one connections <laughs> down the road. But, but before I let you go today, um, last time we put you on the compass one Connections hot seat, I'm going to do it again today. And I've got to fill some, Question so we can even dig a little deeper into the life of Dusty Derringer okay. and the myth of the legend. So I'm going to put a minute on the clock, Dusty. We're going to have some fun. Are you ready? I am. All right, here we go. First question for you. Favorite comedian of all time? Oh, my goodness. Uh, oh, favorite comedian. Man, that's a good question. Um, uh, I'm a big Burt Kreischer fan uh, currently. So that's where I'm going with Burt Kreischer. Okay. Favorite rock or band of all time? Favorite band of all time? That's easy. Uh, live uh, from York, Pennsylvania. I'm a 90s guy, so live. Chocolate or vanilla? Uh, chocolate. Do you like roller coasters? I like the concept of roller coasters. Um, I, you know, uh, I, I like roller coasters, but they scare the, they scare the crap out of me. So, uh, yeah, I guess, I guess the answer is yes. Would you go on one today? Uh, yeah, depends who I'm going with, but yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If you could have dinner with two people alive or dead, who would they be? Who would you have dinner with? 
Uh, uh, wow. Um, alive or dead, my mom uh, would be would be one of those people, and uh, uh, probably. Um, hmm. Uh, the Dalai Lama. I think Dalai I think Lama. having I think having dinner with the Dalai Lama would be a, a very uh, a very interesting time. I would have to agree with you for sure, no doubt about it. And you heard the ringer go off, so you were officially off the Focus <laughs> One Connections hot seat. Thankfully, thank you. You survived. You survived. Um, but thank you again so much for your time today, Dusty. And thanks for all the information. I know everybody out there is really. Um, happy to hear about the patient experience that you guys have kept it up to a high standard level as far as going through this COVID pandemic. And I know once we're on the other side of it, it'll just even keep continue to go up. So thank you so much for everything you do for us. Thanks for having us back on. And, and again, thanks to, to, to the whole company for what you've been able to do over the last several months. So thanks, Tommy. You got it. As always, thanks for joining us on Compass One Connections. I'm Tommy Kane, and be sure to rate us on the app you're using to listen. We'll see you next time.